Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be talking about Saints head coach Sean Payton. And uh, should he be considered, uh, you know, the NFL coach of the year? And uh, the reason I came up with a topic like this, because it has been a topic of conversation. I mean, if you look on social media, a lot of Saints fans have been chiming in uh, about a uh, a post that was put up. I, I want to say it was on a, um, a sports outlet. I don't know if it was ESPN or some other sports outlet, but it had who should be coach of the year. And of course, uh, this is the picture. You have Matt LaFleur at, at the top, uh, Green Bay Packers head coach. Uh, we're going to go from left to right. Then you have Frank Reich, uh, the head coach of the Indianapolis coach who I have a lot of respect for. Then you have Bill Belichick, uh, uh, six-time Super Bowl uh, winning uh, coach. Mike Vrabel, uh, who actually played for Bill Belichick, uh, doing a really good job at with the Tennessee Titans, who will have the number one seed in AFC right now. Uh, you have a couple guys, you know, that's, that's new to the list. Uh, Zach Taylor, uh, head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, have these guys uh, heading into the playoffs, won the AFC North, and knocked off uh, what a lot of people consider as the AFC favorite in the Kansas City Chiefs on last week. You have Cliff Kingsbury, uh, who is a game away and a, and a Rams loss away uh, from uh, being a head coach of the NFC West champions, possibly the Arizona Cardinals. Brian, um, Brian Flores, who's doing a really good job out there with the Miami Dolphins, uh, you know, especially when it comes to the defense. And John Harbaugh, you know, who a guy who is – won a Super Bowl and has always had the Baltimore Ravens uh, playing at a high level, which leads me to my next point. Where the heck is Sean Payton? Okay, I look, do I be, believe that Sean Payton is going to win coach of the year? Uh, no, I do not. Um, I, I don't. You know, I, I think that a lot of us, we, we respect what Sean Payton is doing. We respect the fact that he has these guys a game away and a 49ers loss away from making the playoffs. But I think a lot of us are thinking, uh, you know, from a homer standpoint, you know, that this guy should be coach of the year. Um, you look at some of these guys on the list, you know, I, I can think of a few guys even before, you know, I even think about Sean Payton. And you also have to consider the fact uh, that these guys are, you know, saying going into the playoffs, they're not, you know, wondering and wishing and hoping and all this kind of stuff like Zach Taylor and Cliff Kingsbury. These are two guys that took struggling franchises and got them in the playoffs, okay? Even Frank Wright, you know, everybody talking about Carson Wentz. Has this guy playing on a high level, you know, with a high touchdown, low interception ratio? But you have guys who, you know, a lot of people in the NFL expect for them to be successful. And I think that Matt LaFleur, Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, and John Harbaugh are one of those guys. But I do believe that Sean Payton should be on this list somewhere because Brian Flores, he's not making the playoffs, okay? <laughs> John Harbaugh, most, more than likely, I don't believe, is making the playoffs, okay? So they should, they should at least slap a picture up there, even if it's just the fact that, oh, okay, you know what I'm saying, Sean is doing something for the New Orleans Saints, you know what I'm saying, the New Orleans Saints are – um, you know, saying a potential playoff contender, let's go ahead and put him on the list. Now, for what he's done, it just shows you 
how lucky we are as a fan base to have a coach like that, like Sean Payton. I know some members of the Who That Nation want to get him fired. I don't know what the hell y'all talking about. I don't know what you're smoking. I don't know what you're drinking. I don't know what you're drink. You know what I'm saying? What you you popped? You know what I'm saying? But there's no way in the world uh, that Sean Payton should be anywhere away from the New Orleans Saints. And some of you just do not learn your lessons. You do not understand and can't fathom that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And those are what I like to call who that nation, the spoiled Saints fans, the Saints fans that are entitled, who expect for the New Orleans Saints to win all the time because they are not old enough to really understand fully that the Saints were bottom feeders in the National Football League. So all of the years with success at quarterback with Drew Brees has clouded the judgment of the who that nation and is also uh you know leading to the to the head coaches out there because now y'all feel like oh we got somebody we 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 can talk about a, a coach we can we can get him up out of there man knock it off man sean payton is in a hell of a coach if sean payton gets fired by the saints on on sunday he'll have a new job on monday and you will be watching sean payton help a team win for years to come and it's going to be like the same thing for some of us lsu fans out there Watching Nick Saban bring Alabama to national championship after national championship. We have to have an appreciation for Sean Payton. And we have to understand that there are other guys on the opposite side of the field. that get paid just as much money as Sean Payton to try to outscheme Sean Payton. So sometimes Sean Payton is not going to always make the right decisions. I know that you know that, but does it, is it warranted for him to be fired? Absolutely not. I, I mean, not everybody comes on here and say this, but they do have a very little, uh, a very few of you uh, members of the Huda Nation that are talking about firing Sean Payton, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And I have to say, man, I'm glad that you're not the GM, and I'm glad that I don't really have to talk football with you no longer than you putting comments uh, in the chat. But Sean Payton does de- uh, deserve to be on that list. He does deserve to be... Uh, consider for coach of the year if you consider like all the things that the saints have been through um i i, I was on uh twitter the other day and um uh, let me see if i can bring this up i'm gonna see if i can find this uh somebody uh laid this out uh i think it's called a uh, brute boot crew media okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and save this and i'm gonna put it up on a uh, screen shouts out to boot crew media because they posted this and i i, I want to say that you, I mean, the laundry list of things that the Saints have endured this season is just absolutely incredible that they're even in the spot this Sunday to take on the Atlanta Falcons. But, I mean, you can't really see it, so I'll just go ahead and read it for you. Uh, it says, August 27th, Jameis Winston named starter. Saints preseason game canceled. August 30th, Saints workout in Dallas. September 1st, Saints acknowledge first home game in Jacksonville. September 21st, Superdome catches fire. September 27th, Teron Armstead expected to miss multiple weeks. October 10th, Taysom Hill knocked out with a concussion. October 30th, Andrews Pete announced he is out for the year. November 3rd, Michael Thomas announced that he's out for the year. November 8th, Alvin Kamara misses four weeks with a knee injury. November 25th, Saints get crushed at home against the Bills 31-6. December 17th. Sean Payton tested positive, missed Bucks game, and they won. December 23rd, Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon test positive for COVID. 
And then you had December 27, 20 plus players missed games against uh, Dolphins due to COVID. Saints' fourth starting quarterback of the season, Ian Book, makes his debut. So, but this is the timeline. And then on the, on the right hand, you got Hurricane Ida, Michael Thomas delay, uh, delays his surgery. Uh, they beat the Packers. The Saints return to New Orleans on September 26. I mean, just a laundry list of things that this team has went through, and yet they're still in this spot. So do I think that Sean Payton, do I think that Sean Payton deserves to be considered for coach of the year? Absolutely. But do I think that he needs to win it? No, I do not. Okay. I, I think that Zach Taylor uh, deserves to be, be coach of the year, him or uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, if you consider these guys, what they've dealt dealt with, you know what I'm saying, going to snake bidding franchises, losing franchises, and making them playoff contenders, uh, you know, division uh, contenders, uh, division champions. I think you got to put those guys at the top of the list. Now, guys like Belichick, once again, Bravel, uh, Matt LaFleur, uh, you know, they, they are they're punished for their own success. So people expect for these guys to go out there and and, and chug away and get about 10, 11 wins a, a year because that's what's been expected of them. So I think that sometimes those coaches don't get appreciated enough because people already know, hey, man, you're a good coach. What are you supposed to do, crown you every year? So and also you got to throw John Harbaugh in the mix as well. So um, that's what that's what I feel about it. He does deserve to be on that picture. But uh, he doesn't deserve to be coach of the year, in my opinion. I think other guys uh, deserve it more than him this season. But I'm going to answer some of your questions and read some of your comments. Uh, thank you all so much. Before we get started with the comments and questions, go ahead and hit that, that thumbs up, man. Go ahead and hit the thumbs up. If you like the State of the Saints podcast, you love the content, you've been watching for a while, you never comment, you never leave any questions, but you watch all the time, go ahead and hit that thumbs up, man. Go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Look, if you if you like the State of the Saints podcast, you like the content, go ahead and hit that subscription button. Go ahead and hit that like button. I would really appreciate it, man. Just want to get the word out there. Just want to get the videos into the to the next level. You know what I'm saying? And, and if you want to support the show, just go ahead and hit the thumbs up, man. I really appreciate that. We're gonna start with we're gonna start with let's start with Grands here. Uh Grand says, nah, uh Brian Flores don't deserve it at all. He is the reason why they lost seven games. They lost seven games in a row. He put them in that position. Uh, but they also won seven games in a row. So you got to take that into consideration, man. And then on top of that, they was dealing with some injuries as well. I mean, look, the fact that they started off, I want to say one and five, and then um, chugged away and got seven straight victories. I mean, that's just a testament because that team at one and five could have easily said, man, Cancun on three. Okay, we're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, two is not our guy. You know what I'm saying? We know that he's not our guy. It's just not our season. But these guys went out there and they they still played at a high level. So for that, he has to be considered. Good coaches do not get the best out of their players the way that Brian Flores got seven straight weeks out of his. So I do think that he deserves to be on that list. Like, you know, it, it's a it's a it's something, you know what I'm saying? It's, well, it's a difference. It's a difference between being on a list and actually winning you know what i'm saying <laughs> being the, the winner okay like for example there were guys that that went to new york who most likely wasn't going to win a heisman trophy right and I, I'm, I'm, talk, I'm not just talking about this year but i'm talking about in years past 
I mean, you you knew that, that there was a prohibitive favorite of a guy who was going to win a Heisman. But, of course, these guys are making a trip. You know what I'm saying? It's like, So it, it is a such thing as honorable mention. I do feel like he deserves to be on that list. Does he deserve to win? No, he does not. But winning seven straight games is no easy feat in the National Football League. In the words of Sean Payton, it's hard to win in this league. You know, it's hard to win in the National Football League. Considering all the injuries, quarterback carousel. Yeah. Yeah. Considering all the injuries. Yes. Four different starting quarterbacks. Uh, so many different uh, variations of the offensive line. I want to say the Saints had like uh, 50 plus uh, combinations of starters. That's an NFL record this season. So, yes, once again, he does deserve to be considered for coach of the year. But I do feel like Sean Payton falls into that category of a Matt LaFleur, of a John Harbaugh, of a Bill Belichick, of a Mike Tomlin. These guys are expected to win in any situation because they are cut above the rest. So for us to say that, oh, you know what I'm saying, he should win coach of the year. Well, it's, it's an interesting argument, but it's hard for me to say that a guy who goes to a team that has not made the playoffs since they fired their coach has had terrible records, uh, you know what I'm saying, like ever since, you know what I'm saying, for about four or five years, and he gets hired, has some some struggles, you know what I'm saying, on a borderline almost being fired, but then turns around and wins his division. Then you have another guy who comes in, uh, was an offensive coordinator in college, gets a, a head coaching job for the first time, and takes a, a five-foot-nothing quarterback, and have him as a potential MVP contender and, you know, in a division where you have great minds like Kyle Shanahan and, and also Sean McVay. So it's hard for me to go against guys like that, guys that uh, go to struggling franchises, turn them around, have them from – take them from worst to first. I have I think you have to consider those guys. But, I mean, Sean Payton, I just think that he gets the, the great coach treatment. Great coaches don't really get recognized as much because it's something that you always do. Damien says, good morning, TJ. In the gym, getting the early workout, listening to my favorite podcast. Damien, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in and making uh, State of Saints po uh, podcast a party Friday morning. Mocha says, if only the Saints won those games that they should have won, like the Atlanta Falcons game and the Titans game and the Giants game, maybe we had an argument for Sean being coached of the year yeah mocha i mean look this is the reason why the saints are in a position that they're in you know we can talk about it till we're blue in the face about the new orleans saints and oh you know what i'm saying like they had all these injuries and stuff like that but man they pretty much had all hands on deck when they lost to the giants okay they pretty much had all hands on deck when the first time they had sam donner out there looking like he was the second coming to joe montana so they had opportunities to win these games you know, I have different mixed emotion about that Tennessee Titan game because you have to understand that if Caden Ellis, you know what I'm saying, they wouldn't have called that penalty on him, we have to know that Marcus Williams would have got the interception. That would have been a touchback. I feel like that touchdown kind of separated the game. But the Saints had opportunity uh, to can really control their own destiny for them not to even be in this position, but here they are. But at the same time, all the adversity that they went through, Sean Payton at least deserves to be 
uh, on 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 that picture, man. He deserves to be a part of that that group. Lavelle says, "I don't think uh, Peyton should be on the list because he is supposed to be an offensive genius, but the team has been uh, led by defense. Plus, Peyton play calling has been stale for the past few years. Well, we can talk about his play calling. We can talk about all those other things, but here's the reality, man." While we sitting up here talking about Sean Payton, how many years has Sean Payton led this this Saints offense when a defense looked like trash? How many times have we seen Sean Payton have to go out there and and come up with a game plan for his team to get at least 35, 40 points because you know the defense wasn't going to stop anybody? I just think that it's just absolutely wrong for us to look at Sean Payton and just because the Saints are having a down year offensively, when we can look across the board and see why the New Orleans Saints offense is struggling the way that it is, when you have a whole lineup pretty much full of undrafted free agents going out there playing a wide receiver position, no real stars for the exception of Alvin Kamara, what, what do you really expect for this guy to do? And then on top of that, while we're talking about, oh, you know what I'm saying, the defense is doing this, and the defense is doing this and that, who do you think hired these guys? Who do you think hired Chris Richard as the secondary coach? Who do you think hired Dennis Allen as the defensive coordinator? Who do you think hired Ryan Nielsen as the defensive line and assistant coach? Who do you think uh, hired P. Carmichael? You know what I'm saying? To call plays and, and, and call things sometimes. Who do you think hired these guys? Sean Payton did. So we would not even be in this position is Sean Payton didn't sit down and have interviews with these coaches. So just because Sean Payton isn't putting up these offensive genius numbers as he did in years past does not mean he has not orchestrated and put together a, a, a unit and a personnel group and a coaching group that makes this team win. You know what I'm saying? You have to understand from the locker room, from the guys that we enjoy when we look at inside the locker room on social media dancing, who do you think helped put that team together? Who do you think allowed these, these guys that we love and respect so much to get the proper training and development in order for them to be the players that we love today? That's Sean Payton. We, we, look, at a, we look at a coach, and we only look at it from one side of the coin, but we don't look at all of, of the entire – we don't look at the entire picture. The entire picture is Sean Payton put together this football team. And the reason why this defense is as good as it is, the reason why we have a coordinator that we can count on is because Sean Payton put these guys in position. So for that, he deserves to be coach of the year, okay? Do you think that these coaches that's winning these football games, it's just them alone? It's just them on the sideline. Do this, do that. No, it's these other coaches that's getting these guys prepared and getting these guys uh, riled up and ready to play every single Sunday. And it comes from Sean Payton going out here and getting the right group of players and the right group of coaches for us to even be in this position today. So I'm not going to knock Sean Payton because they're having a down offense, and I'm definitely not going to knock Sean Payton talking about play calling. For the, But for the last four years, this team has won more games than any other team in the National Football League. How crazy that sounds. Not crazy that sound for anybody to, you know what I'm saying, question Sean Payton's ability to coach, to be able to make the right decisions on a consistent basis. Like that, like I said at the beginning of the show, I think sometimes, and I'm not talking about Lavelle, you know what I'm saying, personally. 
I'm just talking about some of the, the, the fans that I've seen. They're so freaking spoiled, man. Y'all so spoiled at times when y'all watch these other teams and y'all seeing all these trick plays and y'all want the, the Saints to resemble this same exact team. When you seeing a quarterback throwing the ball 40, 45 times a game, y'all want the Saints to resemble this same team. But there's different ways that you can win football games. And the Saints have won a lot of them. And they still are winning football games in spite of the fact of the laundry list of things that I just read off. How in the world can anybody not see that Sean Payton has put this thing together, him along with Mickey Loomis and Kai Harley? They have done an outstanding job at putting the right pieces in place, giving us players that we enjoy watching and following on social media and on the field, and coaches that can potentially be head coaches. And we're so nervous to the fact that we might lose somebody. Think about this. We're so nervous that we'll lose guys like Chris Richard and Dennis Allen. Why would they even be in this position? It's because Sean hired these guys for them to show their true talent. That's all I'm saying, man. Like It's hard for me to say that this guy doesn't deserve to be mentioned among some of the best coaches in the league just because, you know, uh, you know, in spite of why banana didn't work a couple plays back. I mean, the dude is a good coach. Uh, let's see. I, I told Big uh, Low Country, man, y'all didn't have any COVID cases. Uh, can you send us your blueprint? Um, man, I, look, I don't know, man. There, there's a lot of teams out there. They've been doing a really good job at, uh, you know, COVID protocols and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, look, these these players make their own decisions, man. And um, you only can police things for, you know, you only can police things so much. These guys got to make the right decision. Mighty Mouse says, good morning, TJ. I think the Bengals head coach should be nominated for coach of the year. I think he will win coach of the year, especially uh, since the way Joe Burrow is playing as well. They try, they they pretty much can join coaches of the year. Uh, they, they, they can join that with the quarterback play. If you have a quarterback who had a solid or above average season, most likely you're going to win coach of the year. Uh, why do you think our quarterbacks uh, don't throw more balls to Callaway? Uh, he seems to rise to the occasion, even though I still believe he's not a one, but he's a great three, maybe a two wide receiver. Aaron, uh, look, I, I think that the last game shows you why, uh, you know, you know, the, the, the it shows you, what Callaway is all about. You know, it's feast of famine. Like he goes out there, you know what I'm saying? He, he catches an unbelievable catch down the left sidelines, you know what I'm saying? When they're on the shadow, they're on goalposts. And then all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying? Like you you do a like a five yard out and you drop the ball. You know, it, it's stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like the the recipe for a great or in a top wide receiver one or two is the ability to make the catches. Okay, when a ball hits your hand. You know what I'm saying? To not only just, you know, catch those unbelievable catches, but also the ones that are very uh, simple. And I just think that what I've seen from Callaway, it's a lot of good things, but it's a lot of things he needs to work on as well. It's the inconsistency that bothers me. But I do think that he's a, a good wide receiver. I think that he's solid. I think that uh, he's a guy that can stay around the National Football League and is only going to get better as he gets more opportunities. But I don't want to see him as my top one or two wide receiver. Uh, do I think that he can contribute? Absolutely. If one of your if your one or your two goes down, do I think he can plug into place and maybe get you about five catches for 63 yards consistently? Yeah, probably. 
you know, but I, I don't expect for him to be anything more than one of those role wide receivers. You know what I'm saying? I think that he's getting the experience this season because he's getting the attention of the number one corners. But does he deserve that that attention? No. But it's helping him because now you're going up against stiff elite competition and now you have to be a thinker. You got to figure out how you're going to get past this guy and how you're going to outsmart them and also get away from them when it comes to running these routes. But I think the inconsistency is the thing that there's holding him back if he can go out there and, and consistently catch passes and consistently go out there put in the work with it when it comes to his route running because I, I still see too much one two three cut when it comes to him you know what i'm saying like I, I i i still don't feel like he's playing as free as i i see uh most wide receivers in the league i, I look at a guy who is counting counting steps and um that's something that can hold a lot of guys back from playing loose and free uh Robert says, uh, how do you think Taysom Hill is progressing as a starter? He looked much better in the game against the Panthers. Robert, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I, I think that Taysom Hill probably played his best game as a starter last week uh, versus the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I, I do think that there's some things that he needs to work on, but I also see some things that he's improved on. Um, that pass that he threw to, uh, I want to say, Deontay Harris uh, on the left sidelines, you know, I think that was a good pass. Uh, the past day when he's seen uh, one-on-one coverage, uh, Callaway versus the corner uh, for the for the Panthers. Uh, you know, so I, I think that was a good pass. And also, man, just the the screen pass that he set up for Alvin Kamara for for the touchdown. I think that that was a good look. So I, I see progress uh, when it comes to Taysom Hill, but um, I I still feel like you know he he leaves a lot to be desired. And I think there's a lot of things that he that he needs to work on. You know, there's a couple of passes I feel like, you know, he can he can hit his receivers. It was a couple of them that, you know, he threw behind him. But I just think that, you know, I just think that that's just going to come with time. You know, I'm not really – I don't too much judge quarterbacks too much on, like, you know what I'm saying, like putting the ball where it needs to be every single time. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's a gift that some of these guys actually have. It's going to be some passes where you throw behind guys. It's going to be some passes where – you probably expect a guy to go in, you know, cut in, he cuts out. You know, it's going to be passes like that. But I do see progress, and I think he probably played uh, his best game as a quarterback um, this past week versus the Carolina Panthers. But, I, I mean, yeah, he he did he did show improvements in that game. So it's a good thing. I mean, they're definitely going to need him to make some throws. Uh, the only thing I, w- I would like to see out of Taysom Hill, I, I, I do. I would love to see this. And, you know, I, I would – I would challenge all the Taysom Hill. Um, I would challenge all the Taysom Hill supporters, the, the Taysom Hill guys out there that really believes, you know what I'm saying, like he's a he's the future of the team. To find me, you know what I'm saying, a game that he has been a starting quarterback of where the Saints were down and he brought him back. Um, and you know what I'm saying, I think there's probably one game I can think of, but it was in preseason. I want to say when it was, a, I think they played against the Chargers or something like that, but – I'm talking about in a real game. That, and that's one thing that that I need to see. Because in the playoffs, everybody is good. And what, you know, what happens if the Saints is down or down 17 points? If they're down 17 points, are you confident enough that he that he can erase a 17-point deficit? Can he make the throw to win the game? You know what I'm saying? Like, and and, and that's something I just feel like that separates uh the good from the great 
even you know what i'm saying the average from the good like to be able to make that throw to win the game to, to facilitate a comeback and that's something that uh i would love to see you know i mean it's easy it's easy to go out there and you know ride the bus and make sure that it doesn't crash but what happens when your team is down and your defense isn't playing the way that we expect for it to be and you need to go out there and make some plays so that that's one thing i would i want to see uh from Taysom hill you know but I, I think that he played a lot better um than you know than I, I i ever seen him play at the quarterback position last week i mean i know he didn't set the world on fire with a bunch of touchdowns but he, he made the right decisions when more times than not so i gotta give him credit for that nola baby says man that miami coach made a four course uh meal with only top ramen noodles <laughs> Man, look, I, there's a lot of talent over there for with the Miami Dolphins, man. Don't 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 get it twisted now. They got some talented players. Um, there's some guys that uh, you know, probably they need to uh, uh find, but for the most part, man, they got a lot of talented guys over there. They got a talented front four. Uh they got some really good cornerbacks uh with Byron Jones and uh Xavier uh Howard. Um, you know, so they they got some talent, man. And on the offensive side of the ball, you got uh Waddle. Uh, you know, you got Devontae Parker, uh, you got Mike Gasicki. So they're not struggling over there. You know, the biggest issue is, you know, people are wondering if Tua Tagovailoa is uh, the guy. We'll see. TJ, thank God for Cesar Ruiz. Uh, am I right, though? Um, look, man, I'm not going to bash Cesar Ruiz. Uh, all I know is the dude is two years into this campaign. Um, I haven't liked what I saw this season feel like he's regressed but um i mean look I, i'm not ready to throw the dude away you know what i'm saying but i do feel like you need to bring somebody else in to challenge him um th this is a guy who i feel like i don't know if he's on social media maybe he's not um but i do feel like his, his confidence is a big issue and um it doesn't help you know that every saints uh <laughs> podcaster reporter it's, it's signaling out his his whiffs on these blocks. So I have I still have confidence in him, man. I mean, he has room to grow. We'll see, man. He's two years into it. Now, if we're talking about this same stuff next year, then maybe you need to go in a different direction, but you definitely need to bring somebody else in uh, to challenge him. And if that person beats him out, then it is what it is. What up, TJ? Uh, how are you? Uh, let me see. Let me see. Hold on one second. Thing froze up on me. Okay, let me see. What up, TJ? How are you definitely uh champagne should be coach of the year? I guess you mean Coach Payton should be coach of the year. Uh bring uh you the Saints where we are possibly being in the playoffs, how depleted we are. Uh he should be coach of the year. Uh okay, so let me rephrase this from Ramsey. He's saying that Sean Payton definitely should be coach of the year. And uh, you know, all the injuries that the Saints sustain. Well, yeah. Yeah, I had the my screen uh, froze up, <clears throat> and I lost the um, I lost the comment. Let's see. Damien says, "Hey TJ, uh, do you think we should draft another tight end or try signing a proven veteran tight end next year, or just stick with what we have?" Well, um, I do think that they need to get themselves another tight end. Um, I, I look, I'm not on board with when guys are like two years into their 
unless they just died off, right? Um, I'm not I'm not an advocate of a young guy coming in, rookie, inexperienced, second year, sophomore slump. Man, get this bum up out of here. Like, I, I'm not look, I, I just think that we live in this microwave world when we want instant gratification. We want things to pop off and happen instantly. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't work like that. That's not how the world works. Sometimes it, it takes a guy to develop. That's why I'm not just talking about throwing Adam Troutman out the door. I'm not even talking about throwing Cesar Ruiz out the door. But I think that you need to challenge these guys. So should they bring in a veteran tight end? Uh, yeah, I, I really think so. I don't think uh, Nick Vernett is the answer. Um, he's a guy that he really can't stay healthy. He's been injured most places that he's went. And in games, I've seen him drop some easy passes, you know, on rollouts that could have easily, you know, ended up being a second and five or a first and ten. So I do think that you need to bring somebody in that's a pass catching tight end, uh, somebody that can also block. But they, I mean, you got to be able to develop these guys as well. So I'm not uh, ready to give up on Adam Troutman just yet, but I do think you need to bring somebody else in, and maybe one of these other guys like Ethan Wolf or. Griffin, you know, maybe he one of these guys to be able to step up. I seen Ethan Wolf actually catch a pass. Uh, Griffin, he caught a couple of passes uh, a couple of games ago. So, man, look, I, I just think that you know the Saints are missing Josh Hill. Um, I think that in, in in a lot of ways they're missing Jared Cook. I know we don't want to admit that, but I guarantee you, the majority of Saints fans would love to have Jared Cook back in the Saints organization. To, I mean, compared to what we actually have right now, so. TJ, if we make the playoff, do you think we should make it past the first round? Um, Look, here's the thing about the New Orleans Saints. Anything that they do in the playoffs is a miracle, right? The Saints, can, the Saints are playing with house money if they make the playoffs. Nobody is expecting for the New Orleans Saints to do anything. Nobody expects for the New Orleans Saints to win it all. So you can play as free as you want to. Every game that you will play will be on the road. So you'll be an underdog everywhere you go. So if you go out there and you execute, you can make you can spoil some plans for a lot of football teams, a lot of them. So they don't have anything to prove to me because this is one of those years that a lot of people look at as a as a chalk year. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like it is what it is. So do I think they can make it past the first round? Absolutely. I think the Saints can ruin a lot of team seasons, especially with their defense. And if their offense goes out there and they don't really mess up, make mistakes, turn the ball over left and right, the Saints can win. All you got to do is just make, you know what I'm saying, go out there. If, you, if you're if you not uh, scoring any points, punt the ball, uh, put it in the shadow, you know what I'm saying, at their own goal post, and, and keep it moving. You know, if you can do that, who knows, man? I mean, no team in the NFC I can just look at as a prohibitive favorite. Like, oh, man, you know what I'm saying, like the – Green Bay Packers, uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like Rams, like none of these teams I look at and be like, man, you know what, man, the Saints don't have a chance. Like all these teams, I feel like the Saints uh, on any given Sunday can knock off. No, Dennis Allen deserves all the props this year. Every single win has been thanks to the D, not the O. Well, he definitely deserves a lot of credit, you know, but at, like I said, Dennis Allen would not be here if Sean Payton didn't hire him on his coaching staff. So, how and also how many years, oh, how we forget, how many years before Dennis Allen actually got to this point 
has the Saints offense had to carry this football team. And all of a sudden, one year out, one year after a bunch of injuries on the offensive line, your star wide receiver is out. Your star running back was out for about three to four weeks. Then all of a sudden, oh, man, he ain't got what it takes anymore. Like, man, my goodness, man, we are – Man, we so impatient as a, as a fan base. Like we were, we ready to write off anything that doesn't look like how it did last year. What's going on this year? Maybe we need to go in a different direction. No, man, the offense isn't good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, look what they have out there on the field. Like, y'all, what y'all expect? Forty points a game with that? Like, knock it off, man. Like, I mean. The fact that the Saints are even in this position right now is a miracle. Okay, you know, and and, and you should give respect and, and kudos to Dennis Allen. But I'm not about to forget about all the years the New Orleans Saints offense has carried this football team. This is the first year, and I can say about 15, uh, yeah, longer than that. First time in like, I say about 17 years that the Saints offense hasn't carried the football team. You got to go back to the Haslett era. The last time the New Orleans Saints actually had a defense that carried the team. Think about that. One year in about 17 (laughs) that the New Orleans Saints defense has carried this football team. And for some apparent reason, we make, I I, I don't get it. This, this, This offense carried this football team for years. And how many conversations? Go back into the archive. Understand how this world works, right? On Twitter, TikTok, uh, Facebook, all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You're just constantly getting news over and over and over again, right? And you forget. How do we forget the fact that this team offense used to carry this team and this defense couldn't stop traffic with a stop sign? So, man, I'm not going to sit up there like – some people talk about man the defense carrying this team you know what i say i say it's about damn time that's what i say it's about freaking time this defense carries this offense because this offense has carried this team for years yeah i mean about time i'm i don't i'm look i don't feel like i don't feel bad for this defense not not like that. Like, if they're going out there putting forth effort, like, man, it, it, like they're going to squander this, of course. But I don't feel bad on, on, on a bigger scale because how many times did the offense have to bail them out? How many times have we had to keep our fingers crossed, hoping and wishing and praying that the defense don't give up a big play that puts the, the, the opposing team into field goal range or a late game touchdown? How many times? How many times have we said, Please, please, Drew Brees, allow Drew Brees to have the ball in his hand last. How many times have we said this? But now all of a sudden, oh, the defense, man, I feel bad. The defense, like, man, I don't feel, I don't, like, on a larger scale, I do not feel bad for the defense. It's about freaking time. If you've been following the New Orleans Saints for, for X amount of years, a decade, decade and a half, longer than that, 20, 30 years, you know. It's about freaking time this defense step up and carry this team. I don't feel bad for them. I don't. And I'm not about to sit up here and criticize an anomaly. I mean, that's what this is right now. This is a this is an anomaly. How many years do you expect for Sean Payton not to have a top 10 offense? I mean, this is so, this is so rare. I mean, this ain't even rare. This never happened. This never happened. 
<laughs> so I don't feel bad for the defense. I don't. Come on, y'all. Do y'all really think they will give Peyton Coach of the Year when they never gave Drew the MVP, even though he earned it multiple times, but they uh, never uh, gave him that trophy? Come on, man. We know he earned it, but the league won't acknowledge it. Tyra, um, I look, I disagree that he earned it this year. You know, do I think that uh, Drew Brees has had opportunities where he should have been MVP? Absolutely. But I do think that there are uh, coaches out there who have uh, took struggling franchises, turned them around, made them better, have them at double-digit wins, have them winning the division. And like I said before, like Sean Payton uh, is an elite coach. So elite coaches get looked at differently, you know? You know, they're, they're not just, you know, looked at as, okay, man, they took this team from worst to first. Nah, they expect for those guys to be in contention and be playoff contenders every single year. So, but I think that there are more coaches, to me, uh, deserve that award more than him this year. Uh, 2019, uh, joined the Raiders. 2019, cut the, by the Raiders. Gets signed to Patriots. Cut by the Patriots. Signed with the Bucks. Now getting cut. Anybody get the picture here? Uh, I guess we're talking about uh, Antonio Brown. Um, man, look, it is what it is, like with Antonio Brown. Obviously, you know, they had some issues going on as far as his uh his ankle and stuff like that. But I, I will say this. Um, you know, when you do so many crazy things, it, it's almost like the boy who cried wolf, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you cry wolf this and did one time, two times, all of a sudden the wolf showed up and nobody respects the fact that you're calling and that you're in trouble. So I just think that one doesn't have anything to do with the other but people have no choice but to uh you know saying put all that stuff together and come up with a a conclusion about antonio brown this can be one of those situations where you know he really was hurt bruce Arias, you know saying looked at him like okay you know saying get out of here it could have been one of those situations like that really could have happened but all of the things that he's done Nobody gives him the benefit of the doubt. But I will say this also. Um, these NFL players, they play through a lot. Okay. I know we don't humanize these guys. We look at these guys as superhuman, rich guys who probably drive cars, who can run, catch, and have, you know what I'm saying, physiques we we probably never have in our lifetime. So we put these guys on a on a on, on a, a different scale. But at the end of the day, these guys are human. And um, they play through a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? They get pressured from coaches. They get pressured from their teammates. They get pressured from us. And, uh, you know, those guys go out there and they try to wheel it through. And if a guy, you know what I'm saying, gets injected and he's not playing up to snuff, and, I mean, we don't look at it that way. Like, we criticize him. And then you also got to look at the fact how the NFL basically owns the media. Like, they can spend this any way that they want to spend it. You know what I'm saying? Because they have the power. Because you do have a lot of media cowards out there. Yes, I said it. You have a lot of media cowards who don't want to call a spade a spade because they're so afraid that if they go into the media room inside of the, the facility, all of a sudden my key ain't going to work no more. Or, you know what I'm saying, they ain't going to want to come and, you know what I'm saying, they ain't, ain't going to allow me to write about them no more. Uh, they're not going to give me the inside scoop anymore. I'm going to, like, I, man, look, I, I, me personally, as a member of the media, as a broadcaster, 
I mean, my my obligation is to people that watch this podcast who, you know what I'm saying, invest in, you know what I'm saying, my, you know what I'm saying, like invest in my Twitter by following me and, you know what I'm saying, and look at it like, okay, you know what I'm saying, I respect what TJ has to say. I mean, look, I'm not here to make friends. I don't care about press passes and all that kind of stuff there. I don't feel like you have to walk around being a jerk, but I do think that you have a, a obligation to the people that invest in you by buying your columns, by subscribing to, you know what I'm saying, to your media networks. And I think the NFL, uh, you know what I'm saying, have these, these media guys who are afraid to really go out here and really ask the question, like, why is it that, you know what I'm saying, Michael Thomas would decide to knock your surgery like this? What was he told? Uh, what about the issue with Delvin Bro? You know what I'm saying? How many guys have went out there probably concussed, probably got passed? You know what I'm saying? Because the old team is down by three and the playoffs is on the line, right? How many times is a guy, you know what I'm saying, to go out there, ankle probably almost hanging up off his, you know what I'm saying, off his leg, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, he had to go out there because the last time he played, he demanded double coverage. We don't look at those things, folks. I mean, look, Antonio Brown, you know, has done a lot of things. And a lot of us are probably smacking our lips right now, justifiably so. But uh, there is an issue that's going on in the NFL that we do not talk about. And a lot of these guys try to lob us to sleep by bringing up guys' character. I don't care what your character is. If you're hurt and people are still forcing you to do it or they're injecting you with something that 20, 30 years down the line going to have you looking like Earl Campbell, I mean, that's something that we have to address. And sometimes we, we, we you know, sometimes – we don't respect the message because we don't respect the messenger, right? I mean, you stand if you go into a corner store and there's a wino standing outside the store and he give you some life advice, he might give you some great advice, but it's a wino, right? I don't like the I don't like the the rap that the that the gift came in. We may not like Antonio Brown's actions. We may not like Antonio Brown the way that he carries himself. But he he has exposed an issue that's going on in the National Football League that doesn't really get talked about. And if you follow Delvin Bro um, on social media, if you follow like some of these other NFL athletes who, you know what I'm saying, pe- the organizations use them like damaged goods, uh, you know what I'm saying, or, or balled up pieces of paper, then you, I mean, you'll understand that there's an issue and he did bring it to light. Some of us just don't like what, you know what I'm saying, what was being said. And who said it? But like I said, you can get the best advice in your life from a wino. Are you willing to accept the fact that he gave you good advice? Are you still looking at the fact that I can't believe I got this from a wino? So I don't want it. All players uh, develop differently. Some take longer to develop than others. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I I think that, you know, that you got some players out there that, that, come off the bus beast and then you have some guys that it takes some time tj nick easton is still a free agent do you think saints should sign him back he played well in my opinion um chosen on one i don't know if nick easton wants to come back uh all those all those concussions bother me man like when you start getting two and three concussions i i I still think that you know i look at the man i look at the individual i'm not looking at what he can bring to the table uh, I think that Nick Easton is a, I mean, first off, the 
the guy went to harvard if i'm not mistaken so he's not struggling okay if you ain't playing football there, there's a you know what i'm saying a job at the pentagon or you know what i'm saying like you know what i'm saying like intelligence somewhere waiting for you okay you know what i'm saying so i know he ain't struggling with that but i just look at like this guy has a life to live what he's like 30 31 years old like, you got a whole life to live you got kids you got grandkids you, you know what i'm saying you want to be able to be old enough to be able to know their names so i i'm i like nick easton as a player but nick easton as a man dealing with those concussions i wouldn't want to see him on the saints team because i don't think that i want to say this dude had like three or four concussions if i'm not mistaken and it hasn't even really been a full calendar year it feels like it but it but it hasn't been you know what i'm saying it's been a full like a full calendar year since like three or four concussions no man you gotta make sure that your head's straight so as much as i think that he would contribute as much as i feel like he will have something to offer i don't want to see him out there on the field man because when you start having all those concussions man i start to get concerned about you as a person and i don't i don't want to see this man go out here get himself concussed again because we don't see that stuff folks like we we don't see this this guy going home and probably have to cut off all the lights in there because you turn the lights on his house he's getting headaches we're not seeing what these these wives and these girlfriends have to go through you know i i can't i i can't not see that concussions are real man and you know it's not something that's like an easy fix i understand that it's it's not nothing that we can actually physically see. Like we can't see inside a guy's brain. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we can't physically see that. Like if we, you know, have some science technology or something like that. But and sometimes it gets minimized because we can't. Because this world is is about transparency. You know what I'm saying? It's about you know what I'm saying. Like it's about transparency and it's about you know what I'm saying. Seeing and believing. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, to to me, I, I don't want to see him. You know, I know that's a long story, but I don't want to. I don't want to see this man going out there and playing jeopardizing his life. You know what I'm saying? Just because he can push a guy back better than Caesar Ruiz, I, I, I just can't do it. Good player, would love to have him, um, but I don't want that man. I don't want to see that. Uh, another thing about the Saints in 2009, uh, number one interception team, uh, we kept having turnovers. Yeah, we led the league in turnovers. Defense causing uh, one of our offense scored 40 points. That's uh, on Drew Brees. Yeah, they they led the, the league in turnovers. Yes, they gave the ball back to Drew Brees, and, you know, that was the reason why we had such a high-powered offense. Yes, that is true. Um but the offense was just as powerful. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if the defense wasn't getting turnovers, because there was a stretch where they weren't getting turnovers and Drew Brees was still going out there. Uh, can I interest you in that Washington uh, Redskin at the time game? Uh, can I interest you in that Miami Dolphins game? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah, Tracy Porter had that interception, but Drew Brees had to bring the team back. They were down by a few touchdowns in that game. So there were times where the offense, you know what I'm saying, had to put the team on their back. If the offense had to put the team on it back this year, I don't know if they'll be able to do it. Uh, sorry to be off subject, but rest in peace to Sidney Poitier. Um, well, man, let me let me see about that. Let me, let me make sure you know what I'm saying before I make a comment because sometimes, sometimes uh, stuff don't be true. Okay, so according uh, to CNN, uh, 
NBC News, Sydney Poitier, Trailblazer icon who broke barriers. Okay, and he's dead at 94. So, yeah, man, uh, that man, that's a little bit of a downer, unexpected. But man, we we losing those legends, huh? Betty White died, um, a couple, you know, what I'm saying, well, a couple days ago, and now you got legendary uh, Sidney Poitier. Um, Sidney Poitier, of course, some of you probably know who he is. Uh, he's known for movies like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, Raising in the Sun. Uh, that was actually a, a play that was written by Lorraine Hansberry, which was the name of the elementary school I went to down in New Orleans. But Sidney Poitier, he was a trailblazer, man. He was one of the first uh, African-Americans to actually, uh, you know, be in movies and having a, you know, saying a white counterpart and being in a relationship. I want to say him and Harry Belafonte were two guys. But if you look at uh, Harry Belafonte back in the day, I mean, he was kind of, you know, a guy who they say passed the paper bag test. But, uh, you know, Sidney Poitier about as black as me. You know what I'm saying? And he's uh he won a, the first uh African American to win an Academy Award. Uh and he's done so many great things uh as far as you know philanthropy, being a leader, uh doing it the right way. And a lot of actors uh look up to him, uh, you know, that came along like Denzel Washington and Forrest Whitaker and Morgan Freeman. So rest in peace to the legend, Sidney Poitier, dead at the age of 94 years old. Lived a long time um and had an outstanding career and an outstanding life a life that we all can uh look at and uh marvel at and appreciate so rest in peace to the legend um neil says i think davenport's production um uh, has helped uh take double teams away from cam yeah yeah i think so too because i mean you gotta you gotta be able to uh account for Davenport's uh um emergence, you know, what I'm saying as one of those guys. So yeah, I think that's true. This is why we Saints fans come here on the State of Saints podcast and other Saints podcasts. We speak the truth, no foolishness. Well, you know, I mean, some people just like to dress things up and make it look all pretty and nice. And I say, man, I mean, if it works for you, fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I say, I'm not calling just any individual out. That's not my thing, but I'd be lying if I if I didn't say I, I didn't uh peep game. You know, I, I I do I do uh peep game, you know what I'm saying? But I, I can't play that game, you know what I'm saying? Love me for who I am. I, I ain't nobody gonna love me for what I'm not. Okay. Um it, it's just that simple, you know. Be yourself, let the chips fall where they may. TJ, I think uh we have a lot of young hoodads in here who don't remember how bad our defense was. We were initially scared of our other team uh, getting the ball. I mean, that wasn't that long ago, King Arthur. But like I said, we live in this world where news is constantly getting fed to us, and sometimes it's hard for us to kind of departmentalize. We're looking at um, we're looking at this team this year, and you know sometimes we have to look back and be like you know what yeah they were right they were right about that uh let me see it's the same thing uh keno thank you very much for the five dollars man i appreciate you uh donating on that i was getting down to your question but i appreciate you uh for donating uh kim says i'm proud of this team uh from the coaches on down even when your back is against the wall 
just keep fighting. Absolutely. I mean, look, that, that's the resilience of this team. And that's why I respect this coaching staff and team so much because other teams would have been like, man, I starting quarterback down. Oh man. Now we got this other guy in. we lost four straight, but they never gave up. And um, that's why they're in a position they're in right now. Uh, one game and a 49ers loss from the playoffs. Hit that like button, please. If you already have it. Yeah, man, I, I concur with Dada. If you, have not already, please uh, hit that like button. I, I would really appreciate that. Uh, do you think that we will get some new uniform color schemes or bring back some oldies, but goodies? Madden just added some great selections. Uh, Aaron, yes, yeah, a good. That's a good question. Uh, me personally, I think that uh, Sean Payton is a little bit superstitious. You don't really see the Saints really wearing a lot of throwbacks because I think those throwbacks resemble bad memories. I mean, they suck. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it, it would look good, you know what I'm saying, to have the skinny Fleur Lee on side of the gold helmet and stuff. But, I mean, I don't think about the, the, the good times when I see that or remember that. I remember the Saints losing by three touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? I can remember, you know what I'm saying, guys like being all out of position. You know, the Saints have a different type of history. You know, they got a different type of history, you know, than you look at when, Okay, if uh, Green Bay come out there with, with the Acme Packers uh, throwbacks on, or the, you know what I'm saying, the Pittsburgh Steelers come out there with them jail, you know what I'm saying, with them jail strikes on, like they were winning, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the Saints, when they had the, you know what I'm saying, that skinny Fleur de Lee on the side of the helmet and had them ugly looking gold and white socks, they sucked, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I think they show up paid the superstitions when it comes to that stuff. I mean, look, I, I like the fact, you know what I'm saying, that they bring in uh, newer uniforms, you know what I'm saying, that you ain't see, like with the white jersey and the white pants. I ain't seen that, you know what I'm saying, in a minute. And it, and it, and then it's a different type of white pants, you know what I'm saying? They used to wear like the black uh, jersey with the white pants back in the 80s, you know what I'm saying, late 70s. Uh, but I like the fact that you got the white color rush jerseys and you bring them out, you know what I'm saying, for bat games. Uh, I like the fact that you, you know what I'm saying, you're wearing all black. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, I think that they need to like maybe like change up the helmet or something like that, make that black one day. Or, but I, I think that they need to, I don't think they need to dig in them crates, man. I'm serious. Like I don't, when I, when I remember them saints, it's not good time. That's that, that's not a positive thing. That's not a good look. All right? <laughs> I'm not thinking about I'm not thinking about nostalgia. I'm thinking about how them boys got slapped around when Wade Wilson was the quarterback. So, I, I mean, put some new uniforms out there. Create a new narrative. <laughs> they, they, give me, they give me bad memories. I still have a hard time uh, with getting over the, the Minnesota miracle. That hurt, hurt me to my soul. Yeah, Linda, I mean, look, a lot of people feel the same way you do. <laughs> uh, but, look, it – Time has went on. It is what it is. Um, you can't change the past. I mean, you can't be on that Sam Beckett stuff. You know what I'm saying? You can't hop into the quantum leap accelerator and, and leap from life to life and leap into the life of Marcus Williams for him to make that tackle. Uh, it can't happen. Um, you just got to live with <laughs> the moment, uh, the moment made, uh, you know what I'm saying, like Mar Marcus Williams and uh and he broke that narrative man now he's one of the top five uh safeties in the national football league so bring back the black pass with the gold uh going down the side i mean yeah 
I swear, bro, I've been a Saints fan since the 2000s. I was born in 98, and I've been there plenty of times. We should have won, but we can't change the past. Yeah. I mean, we can't change the past, man. We just got to go forward. And uh, it's just crazy. Like some of you uh, younger Saints fans, y'all talk about these things. Like, you know, like, like, you know, the Saints breaking your heart is a new thing. <laughs> oh, man. I can, boy, the Saints used to break your heart, boy. Well, not used to. They can break your heart. Now, man, like the Saints will, well, I guess it hurts now because they're winning, right? It, it hurts even more because they're winning. But when they used to lose, like, and the thing about it is, like, they used to lose so much when they, it, it was so bad. Um, Growing up, if the Saints was tied or had a lead in the third quarter, you shot. Like, okay, of course, some of you already know. You know, my grandfather, a preacher, we used to go to church every Sunday. So, of course, I didn't get the opportunity to catch the game at 12 o'clock. This was when I was on the, in the central time zone, right? So, 12 o'clock. So, church used to take in at 11. And if you ever went to, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Grandpa, and I know my grandmother probably watching this, but I just got to be real. Some of you, uh, you go to some of these Baptist churches, you know. <laughs> it ain't no get in, get out of there. <laughs> so you in there about two and a half, three hours. Depends on how, you know what I'm saying, how good the preacher feel that day. I ain't say my grandfather. I say the preacher, whoever it is. Matter how they feel that day. So you'll probably get home around 1130. I mean, uh, 130, 2 o'clock. So it's about the second half, late third quarter. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the, if you seen on your TV, if you're lucky, because the, the games were mostly blacked out. But if you were lucky enough to see the Saints actually winning, you shocked. You're like, huh? What? They they tied? What? They winning? You couldn't believe it. But now it's like it's so expected. Like, you know what I'm saying? If the Saints ain't winning at the end of the first quarter, we like, man, what the heck going on? But boy, 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 how things have changed. Uh, I don't like the miracle either. I'm sure none of us do. But in my opinion, that's what made Marcus Williams, who he is, uh, needed that adversity to bring uh, that dog out. And now look at him. Yeah. But if he – can you imagine, but if he would have made that tackle, though? This dude probably would have been the, <laughs> the most beloved New Orleans Saint ever. You know? If he would have been the most beloved Saint ever. You know? Just uh, the thing about this year is our expectations were so low that it don't hurt. But boy, when them expectations high, that right there will have you crying all night. That's true. That's true. You know, this year is like whatever happens, it happens. Like even if the Saints don't make the playoffs, right? Some of us are content with that. Like some of us are like, okay, they gave it all they had. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is, right? It don't hurt. Versus you losing in the first round versus the Minnesota Vikings in the wild card round when you're 13-3. You know what I'm saying? The NFC Championship game, if they would have called the pass interference, you're in the Super Bowl. Don't hurt as much. So I can understand that, Kim. I, I echo those sentiments. I'm going to read a few more, and then I'm going to get up out of here. Uh, let me see. Ken Arthur says, I'm sorry, TJ. Nothing hurts worse than us uh, doing all these laterals to score and do miss the extra point and cause us a playoff spike. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's when, like, they start to, like, they start to win more games than losing. And uh, it was almost like the, you know, the the seeds 
it was starting to get planted. You know what I'm saying? Because a couple of years later, in comes Drew Brees and the rest is history. Baptist Church 11 to 115. They kept you in there. Yeah. They they kept. <laughs> they still do in some places. You know, some of y'all know I'm talking about, man, the Baptist Church. Man, y'all know these, these folk, man. Man, bro. <laughs> Being there all day. And don't have like a three o'clock service or something like that, man. You be at church all day long. At the State of Saints podcast, uh, TJ, I have church on Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time when the Saints play at noon. I have ways to catch it after church. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But look, Jared, this is on time. Come on, man. If you ain't set that time on that on that VCR, you know what I'm saying? So, now I probably lost some of y'all younger folks. But if you ain't set that time on that VCR. And then on top of that, if you didn't go to the video store or stop at like, you know what I'm saying, Kmart or something like that and, and got one of them blank tapes, I mean, we, we didn't have these luxuries like we do now. Like, we can look at the scores on our phone, ESPN. We can gamecast that thing. We can DVR from our phone. Oh, man, I forgot. Let me DVR that, which I don't do. I'm superstitious. Anytime I, I, I – I'm really – I really truly believe this, folks. Anytime I DVR a game of a team that I like, they lose. I did I, – and I feel solely responsible for Jackson State losing to South Carolina State because I DVR'd it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, look, the look, there's the proof in the pudding. But I, what I'm saying is, you didn't have those things back in the day. You know what I'm saying? I, and then you was poor, man. Sometimes we just couldn't afford those blank tapes. Those things were hot. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, three and four dollars that meant something back in the day, especially when you ain't have it. So it's rather you take an old tape. Some of y'all probably know what I'm talking about here. And there's like this little groove in the front of the tape. You take a piece of paper, right, and you put a little tape on there. And you put it in. And you can record over an actual movie, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that came out on VHS. Used to be mad, you know what I'm saying, when you know my grandpa wanna sit down and watch dances with wolves, and all of a sudden you're watching Aaron Brooks. <laughs> Aaron Brooks throw a pass to Joe Horn, but <laughs> I had to watch that game. You know, what I'm <laughs> you know, I know some of y'all probably did this before, right? You know, you had that you had the VHS tape, right? And you had that groove in the front. It was like, you know what I'm saying, a little small groove. And you take a piece of paper. Some of y'all are probably putting on game. You probably didn't know you can do this. But you put a piece of paper there and you put a little tape so the paper can stay in place. And you rewind it, you know what I'm saying, probably in the middle of it. And then you record, you know what I'm saying, you, you record it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, like, it, it was it was so crazy. Like, you know, my grandparents, they're expecting to watch a movie that they've been looking at or you know, man, y'all know how it is, man. You go to grandparents' house, your uncle house, they have a whole tape collection. And all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, they ready to watch, you know, CB4 or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, you're you watching the Saints game. Or you watching a, a Family Matters that you recorded or something. Boy, they used to be hot. Boy, they used to be hot. But that, those are the good old days right there. Uh, you used to sneak to the bar on the corner of the church. <laughs> Let's see. I still got my Jimmy Graham jersey. I don't even wear it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think any, I think any jersey that you buy, no matter if the players with the team or not, you should wear it because those things were high. ATJ, hey, you used to be able to do it with cassette tapes too. Yeah, yeah, that too. Like you know, shouts out to uh, Wild Wayne, man, one of uh, New Orleans pioneers right there. Q ninety three. I remember when the nine o'clock props used to come on. You know what I'm saying? Like with Wild Wayne. 
And um, you know what I'm saying? I used to want to record that. Or like if a song that you like comes on the radio, you know what I'm saying? You re you hit that record button so you can have it if you ain't have that blank tape. Used to be mad at that too, you know what I'm saying? When, you know, <laughs> used to be recording over them uh them Shirley Caesar tapes. <laughs> Cassette tapes, you know what I'm saying? Get mad because you want to hear a Shirley Caesar sermon. <laughs> and all of a sudden you listen to the no limit <laughs> make them say uh you know <laughs> yeah man those, those were the good old days right there man some of y'all like i said i probably lost but i mean i wouldn't trade those moments for for nothing but you know now you have an appreciation for these things you know we got technology at our fingertips but we didn't always have those things especially you know growing up poor i mean you have to make you have to make things happen and a lot of us, you know what I'm saying, were, were technical geniuses and didn't even realize it, you know. But, yeah, those were some great times. Two more. TJ, uh, remember uh, the background music before uh, you record a voicemail greeting? <laughs> yeah, man, I remember that. Yeah, I, I definitely remember those times. Uh, let's see. Nothing like the 504. Yeah, man, those uh, – for some of us, you know, grew up in the New Orleans area, man. It made us who we are, man. And uh, shouts out to Baton Rouge, uh, Lafayette, um, Gulf Coast, you know what I'm saying, Picayune, you know what I'm saying, like all that, you know what I'm saying, like you, I think we all share um, in some ways, you know what I'm saying, if you were growing up like in those areas, we kind of share like the same culture, you know what I'm saying. It's probably a little bit of a spinoff, depends on where you go, but we all just kind of got the idea. So. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, I will be back uh, on tomorrow. Um, I know I was supposed to have an interview with Junior Gallette, but we never actually came up with a time. I just know he said uh, Wednesday he was going to commit to the interview. Uh, but when I asked him what time, he never got back to me. So I guess that, you know, that's kind of scratched off. Um, we'll we'll figure that out, um, see if he'll be able to come back. If not, you know, I completely understand that. And uh, also, man, just want to say thank you to everybody that hit that thumbs up. If you have not already, go ahead and, and put your thumbs up. Let everybody know that you enjoy the podcast. Let everybody know that you enjoy the content. We're really just trying to take this show to the next level, um, and I need your help, man. So by putting a thumbs up, by putting a like, uh, you will help this show grow and develop. And uh, we've done a really good job uh, over the last four years um, creating this uh, show, creating content. Uh, that we all can come in to enjoy and uh, we're just trying to take it to the next level so support the state of saints podcast by hitting the thumbs up uh support by hitting that subscription button uh and also checking out the uh, state of saints podcast on itunes spotify iHeartRadio, anchor fm also the Payskin podcast network that is available right now but not only for the new orleans saints uh but for other 31 teams that they have representatives on uh, the Pig Skin Podcast Network. So much love to you all. Make sure that you uh, check them out on Twitter, um, the Pig Skin Podcast Network. Go ahead and tweet them and say TJ sent me. You know, what I'm saying show them some love. You know that they're, they're you know growing as a as a as a company, and uh, we want to do our part with that as well. Uh, also check out Facebook.com. Search the State of the Saints Podcast. You all have a great day. Enjoy your Friday morning, noon, evening, or whenever you're checking out this podcast. And all I got to say is, who that?